Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Just very quickly. Uh, then I want to move into some heavy news here. Um... I was just informed like 15 minutes ago that Unfreedom of the Press will be number one on the New York Times bestseller list, nonfiction hardcover books for the second week in a row, thanks to you. In addition, this you're going to like. Unfreedom of the Press will be number one on the New York Times bestseller list, hardcover, nonfiction, and e-books combined. You know what number two is, Mr. Producer? The Mueller Report. So I stand between the Mueller report and number one, thanks to you folks. And honestly, on the hardcovers, I'm not going to give you the numbers. It wasn't even close. Now, where are you going to hear this or read this other than on my show? Nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. Isn't that amazing? Absolutely nowhere. If I was some leftist trashing the president of the United States, it'd be all over the place on all the websites and all the shows. Here's a book about the media that the media are basically censoring, that websites are basically ignoring. You know, it's not easy to be number one on the New York Times bestseller list two weeks in a row when you're hated by the New York Times and when there's all these other books out by all kinds of famous people who've been on the late-night shows, who've been in the New York Times, the Washington Post, have had these friendly write-ups, who've been on Sunday morning CBS. We're beating all of them. There's something stirring out there. You're stirring out there. America is stirring out there. And, again, it's being ignored. Now, they ignore this at their own expense. At their own expense. Now, we've talked about this before, and I'm going to tell you something. I don't think it's by accident that the Pew Research Center for Journalism and Media, which is also cited in the first chapter, but this is brand new, it came out today, has a study. I'm sure the backbenchers were all over this today as they ignore the book. That's their problem. Many Americans say made-up news is a critical problem that needs to be fixed. Now, this question isn't just asked for the hell of it. This didn't just happen. We've been talking about my book for two and a half months. Now, here's what they have. Americans see made-up news that would be pseudo-news, propaganda, as a bigger problem than other key issues. First biggest problem, drug addiction, 70%. Second, affordability of health care, 67%. Third, U.S. political system. Fourth, gap between rich and poor. Fifth, made-up news and information, 50%. 
and most see it as detrimental to the country's democratic system. Made-up news and information has a big impact on Americans' confidence in government, 68%. Americans' confidence in each other, 54%. Political leaders' inability to get work done, 51%. Many Americans say the creation and spread of made-up news and information is causing significant harm to the nation and needs to be stopped, according to a new Pew Research Center survey of 6,127 U.S. adults. Indeed, more Americans view made-up news as a very big problem for the country than identify terrorism, illegal immigration, racism, and sexism that way. Moreover, nearly 7 in 10 American adults, 68%, say made-up news and information greatly impacts Americans' confidence in governmental institutions, and roughly half, 54%, say it is having a major impact on our confidence in each other. U.S. adults blame political leaders and activists far more than journalists for the creation of made-up news intended to mislead the public. But they believe it's primarily the responsibility of journalists to fix the problem. And they think the issue will get worse in the foreseeable future. The vast majority of Americans say they sometimes or often encounter made-up news. In response, many have altered their news consumption habits, including by fact-checking the news they get and changing the sources they turn to for news. In addition, about 8 in 10, 79% of U.S. adults believe steps should be taken to restrict made-up news, as opposed to 20% who see it as protected communication. Similar to Americans' news attitudes generally, stark partisan differences exist, When it comes to made-up news and information, particularly in the area of assessing blame. Differences also emerge based on political awareness and age. In general, Republicans, the highly political aware and older Americans express higher levels of concern about the impact of made-up news than their counterparts. These concerns about made-up news are mingled with pessimism about the future of the issue. Most of those surveys, 56%, think the problem will get worse over the next five years. Only one in ten believe progress will be made in reducing it. Now, it goes on. It's really quite fascinating. And I believe we posted that, didn't we, Mr. Producer? So you can get it on either my Facebook site or my Twitter site. But I want to read to you the next to last paragraph in my book. The abandonment of objective truth and worse, the rejection of the principles and values of America's early press and revolutionaries is not new for the New York Times and other media. Long predates the Trump presidency. And it has led the Times and other media outlets into a very bleak and dark place, destructive of the press as a crucial institution for a free people. If newsrooms and journalists do not act forthwith and with urgency, to fundamentally transform their approach to journalism, which sadly is highly unlikely, their credibility will continue to erode and may well reach a point soon where it is irreparably damaged with a large portion of the citizenry, and rightly so. The media will not only marginalize themselves, but they will continue to be the greatest threat to freedom of the press today. Not President Trump or his administration, 
but the current practitioners of what used to be journalism. And so what is the purpose of this book? To pile on? No. Among other things, to jumpstart a long overdue and hopefully productive dialogue among the American citizenry, just like the colonists, on how best to deal with the complicated and complex issue of the media's collapsing role as a bulwark of liberty, the civil society, and republicanism. So you're not alone in seeing this. And I think that we have, in fact, you, Levinites, patriots, this program, this book, have stirred the attention of the American people, have focused the attention of the American people. And in the end, if the modern mass media, not a free press, if the modern mass media do not reform themselves and conduct themselves as professional journalists who seek objective news, the objective truth, they're not perfect in that regard. Nobody would be, but that should be the goal. And if they don't return to that goal, they're done. It's just a matter of time. Now, they can do enormous damage in the meantime as they try to claw their way back in terms of ratings and subscriptions. But we really didn't even need Pew to tell us this, did we? There's a reason why CNN has no ratings. There's a reason why the New York Times had to be bailed out. There's a reason why the Washington Post had to be bailed out. And there's a reason why Rachel Maddow has no ratings anymore. Because the American people are smarter than they think. And the notion that we needed professional, elitist, so-called journalists to tell us what the news is after they digest it, interpret it, analyze it, and then run it through its per- their progressive agenda in order to provide it to us, the stupid people, the busy people, who need their help to tell us what to do, has always been BS. People are now reacting with their viewing habits, with their reading habits. And the greatest problem for the modern mass media today, and unfortunately a lot of conservatives trash the internet. There are problems with the internet. There are, there are businesses on the internet who push a liberal agenda and attack conservatives. There are frauds and freaks and perverts on the internet, just like the rest of the population and communities where you live. But there are also great people, smart people, news people. And I believe you can discern the difference. And that is the check on the New York Times, the Washington Post, CNN, MSNBC, and all the rest of them. That is the check. If they want to peddle opinion and dress it up as news, we are on to them. We are on to them. So those of you who have acquired a copy of Unfreedom of the Press, I cannot thank you enough. I think after you read it, you'll understand why this book more than any other, I keep pushing and pushing and pushing. This is our pamphlet. This is the Thomas Paine pamphlet that we're pushing out to our fellow citizens. It's getting out there now. And once you get this pamphlet, the book, and read it and spread the word, that's the only chance for two things to happen. 
either the mass media, the modern mass media, which is not the free press, remarkably reforms itself. I don't think that's going to happen. Or we will continue to build on these new platforms, new technologies, new outlets that are available to us. And they will be bypassed. The modern mass media will be bypassed altogether. I put a post up on my sites today and I said, look, you news people out there who hate my guts, who insist on writing things that personally attack me, you're not helping yourselves. You more than anybody else ought to read this book, even though it wasn't written for you. It was written for patriotic Americans. But you ought to read this book. You ought to start having some level of circumspection. Or you're going to destroy yourselves. And if you destroy yourselves, you deserve to destroy yourselves. Because that means all you are are bullies who day in and day out beat us down with your propaganda. Beat us down with your manufactured news. Beat us down with your progressive ideology. Beat us down with your Democrat agenda. And beat us down with your social activism. Well, guess what? We don't have to put up with it anymore. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Every human being has a common problem. How do I live well? Our happiness and well-being depends on how we answer that question. Hillsdale College President Larry Arn argues that the best book ever written on this subject is Aristotle's Nicomachean Ethics. And a new free online course from Hillsdale College shares Aristotle's teachings that will help you lead the most complete, happy life possible. Register for this free course, Introduction to Aristotle's Ethics, How to Lead a Good Life, featuring lessons from the greatest self-help book ever written at levinforhillsdale.com. In just 10 on-demand videos, each only 30 minutes long, you'll learn how to confront the chief obstacles to happiness and make the choices that build good character. Aristotle presents a guide for securing a virtuous life. And if you take this free course from Hillsdale and heed Aristotle's advice, your life will change for the better. You can learn how to lead a good life just as every Hillsdale College student does. It's yours for free at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. As I read through this few researches, a few more interesting tidbits. Just as Republicans express greater skepticism than Democrats about news coverage, well, of course, because it's the Democratic Party news. They see made-up news as a bigger problem in place for more blame, far more blame, on journalists. A solid majority of Republicans and Republican-leading independents, 62%, say made-up news is a very big problem in the country today, Compared with fewer than half of Democrats and Democratic-leading independents, 40%. Doesn't that make sense? It does. Because the media is the Democratic Party media. About half of Republicans, 49%, say they come across it oft 19 percentage points higher than Democrats at 30%. One of the starkest differences, though, is in assigning blame for creating made-up news and information. Republicans are nearly three times as likely as Democrats to say journalists create a lot of it. 58% versus 20%. And um, I suspect 
since we're talking about the Democratic Party media, that they are not going to reform themselves. They're going to rely on those numbers involving Democrats. And they'll take some solace in that. And this will be their ultimate downfall. I don't mean tomorrow. I don't mean the next day. I don't mean five years from now. Ten years from now, I think the media landscape will be completely revolutionized. They'll still be hangers-on. I don't believe they're all going to go away. But they just won't matter that much. And what I'm hoping what replaces it will be a truly free press. doesn't mean a press we always agree with, but a press that is really... One of three things, transparently identifies as conservative, transparently identifies as liberal, or is truly in the business of trying to report news, that is, looking for objective truth, as imperfect as that is, because it can't be perfect. But I had a wonderful interview uh, earlier today. Uh with Joe Paggs. He's a former anchorman. And of course, he's a great radio host now. And we agreed. Local news, as imperfect as it is, is the best form of news we have today. Local TV news. Local TV news. Even a lot of the local newspapers are terrible, like in Palm Beach, Fort Lauderdale, Sentinel. That's crap. I wouldn't even put that in a bird cage. I wouldn't want my birds to get some kind of poison. Ink poison. But most of the local news, not all, but most of the local news really is news. And it's not 24-7. They're not beating you down every day. You want to know what's going on in your schools, in your community, with your roads, with the traffic, with the weather, and on and on and on. Uh, Crime. And this is information you can use. To project that onto the national level really is quite a simple concept. Stop bullying us. Stop pounding us with your ideological agenda. And try and discern what relevant news is. Stop taking sides. Stop telling us the President of the United States is a crook or sold out to the Russians or whatever it is. Stop commingling News with opinion. And by the way, get rid of all the dead weight. All the phony legal analysts, put serious people in there. All the phony news anchors, they're not news anchors. Clean them out. Or at least, at least, have the integrity and the decency to separate the news from the opinion. I'll be right back. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale College has provided students with sound learning of the kind essential to preserving our civil and religious liberty. Now, I want to tell you about Imprimus, the free monthly speech digest of Hillsdale College. Imprimus is dedicated to educating citizens and promoting civil and religious liberty by covering important cultural, economic, political, and educational issues. First published in 1972, Imprimus is one of America's most widely read publications in support of liberty. With more subscribers, 3.9 million, than the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. And recent Imprimus publications have addressed issues like free speech, the regulation of big tech, 
mental illness, and the American medical insurance system. And because America's founding principles are so important, Hillsdale offers Primus absolutely free of charge to anyone who requests it. That's right. You can subscribe to Primus for free. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to visit imprimus.hillsdale.edu for your free subscription. That's Imprimus, I-M-P-R-I-M-I-S dot Hillsdale dot E-D-U. Welcome to Hillsdale. Mark Levin doesn't just read the news, he makes the news. Call the Mark Levin Show now at 877-381-3811. Stephen Crowder is a friend of mine. He also works with the Blaze TV, has a fantastic program, and much of his livelihood is on his channel on YouTube. YouTube has suspended Crowder's channel from making money, and it's best explained at the right scoop. YouTube announced yesterday that it had decided not to ban Stephen Crowder's account from their platform after Vox employee Carlos Manza targeted Crowder. And by the way, this guy, Carlos Monza, is a very, very nasty dude. I don't even know how you can call him a journalist. Just a very nasty guy. Vicious. His posts, vicious. And so he provokes responses in many cases. They have, however, decided to suspend Crowder's revenue-earning ability on his channel, so they're choking off his income. They're choking off his income. And as they write it, right scoop, I honestly don't know how much money is made from YouTube putting ads on videos, but Crowder gets a lot of views on a regular basis, so my gut tells me it's significant. So does mine. So does mine. This guy, Carlos Maza, is unhappy. He said, no, you should ban him altogether, because this is what the left does. Whatever the speech... And I'm not familiar with all the back and forth. But I'm familiar with the overall outcome. Now, at Right Scoop, they say, you know, it'd be one thing for YouTube to stop Crowder from running ads on his videos if he were calling for violence or even calling for hate. But he's not. He's just mocking Monza. And he goes on. Now, Crowder has tweeted... That, uh, that, in fact, this is the case, what's happened to him. Anyway, I've invited Stephen Crowder on the program. He'll be here in about a half hour, give or take, about a quarter after 7 Eastern time, to discuss this matter. Uh, because I'm a big believer in free speech as well as freedom of the press. I'm also a big believer in private property. But all that said, at the instigation of a leftist, working for a phony leftist news site who likes to get into the dirt and fight other people and drag them down with him to then go to YouTube to try and have somebody banned with whom he's going at it and who's going at it with him really is unacceptable to me. So we will uh, bring you, our massive audience of patriots, constitutionalists, Liberty-loving Americans, we will bring you into this issue, and uh, we'll have Stephen Crowder himself explain to us what's taking place here. I think it's very, very important, don't you? Yes, I think so. Um, 
there's a lot of stuff going on here. I'll give you another example. When it comes to free speech and freedom of the press, we talked about this briefly. There's a book out by Michael Wolff, and by almost all accounts, it's more the same. Fiction dressed up as nonfiction. Trashing the president, trashing Jared Kushner, Mike Pence, Don McGahn. Describes Donald Trump calls Kushner a girl. As for the vice president, he's a religious nut. And on and on and on. Pence's wife, Karen, oh, she gives me the creeps. And it's interesting because individuals of the left and the right have denounced this book and have denounced this man, and some who are claimed to have been involved have denied it. And yet, it's number two on Amazon.com, ahead of unfreedom of the press. And the reason is, leftists want to believe, even though they're confronted with lies and contradictions and hypocrisy, the history of fabrications and deceit, it doesn't matter. They want to believe. They want to believe what Michael Wolf has in his book. They wanted to believe Michael Avenatti and Stormy Daniels. They wanted to believe the psychiatrist, Professor Lee from Yale. They want to believe Nadler and Pelosi. They want to believe that you can have everything for free. They want to believe you can centrally manage an economy. They want to believe you can have peace with China and Russia simply by unilaterally disarming. They want to believe, and they are very, very dangerous. So this guy with his fake book, moving up the nonfiction list, and guess who's very excited about it? Remember I told you the other day, and we spent some time on this guy in The Guardian? Lloyd Green. Remember that, Mr. Producer? This is the guy. The Guardian is a left-wing rag in Britain. And for it to be a left-wing rag in Britain, it really has to be left-wing. It has no serious journalistic standards, and neither does Lloyd Green. He's the book review guy from time to time, anyway. So he trashes me and my book. And I posted on him because he's absolutely incoherent. And much of this has been brought to my attention by Tim Graham at Newsbusters. He's a great guy, and that's a great site, obviously. And he praises the hell out of Michael Wolff's book. Do you believe that, Rich? Because he's a never-Trumper. He hates Trump. So he's writing book reviews not as an honest, independent thinker, looking at the book, trying to make sense of what the author is writing, so as a book reviewer should. He's just sitting there popping off. Levin, attack. I'm a never-Trumper. That is, he's a never-Trumper. Therefore, I will promote Michael Wolf and attack Levin. Now, if I were a never-Trumper, he, he would love me. But he's fascinated with this book. Wolf finds himself pitted against the special counsel's office as to whether Mueller's team drew up or had drawn up a three-count indictment against the president in March 2018. Team Mueller has issued something other than a categorical denial. The documents that you've described do not exist. Let us part. You see what a fraud this guy Lloyd Grove is? What is his name? Lloyd Green. What an absolute fraud this guy is? So even Mueller's rejection of what Wolf said about an indictment is parsed 
It's not an absolute rejection. This Nimrod, this, this mental midget who writes book reviews for The Guardian, just like the Nimrod mental midget who wrote the op-ed at the Washington Compost, just like the Nimrod mental midget who wrote it at NPR, the usual places, the usual sources, they are incapable of self-examination and circumspection. And they speak for most of the modern mass media. They are incapable of accepting facts and using reason to analyze situations. Instead, they use every opportunity to advance their agenda. The documents you described do not exist, said the Mueller team. Let us parse. Note the expression documents that you've described. Note the use of the present tense. As an impeached former president said, it depends on what the meaning of the word is is. So you get, you know, stupid stuff. Regardless, Wolf's Guide, the major domo of Trump's 2016 campaign, became White House advisor until he wasn't, enjoys tweaking his former boss, and he goes on. So people buy that book because they want to be Misled, they want to be deceived. They want to believe what's in the book. They want to believe the worst about the president. They want to believe the worst about the administration. And in many respects, they want to believe the worst about their country. And Lloyd Green is there to help them at The Guardian. He's there to help them. Just like anal Lisa Quinn was there to help them at National Pubic Radio. Just like the assistant professor whose name escapes me was there to help them at the Washington Compost. And yet Pew Research says, uh, hello, fellas, ladies, you're destroying yourselves. They don't care. They don't care because they're pushing an ideology. That's all that matters. And therefore they will destroy themselves. The president isn't their greatest threat. They're their greatest threat. More examples. David Gregory. I thought David Gregory was done. He was a failure at Meet the Press. He's so bad that even Chuck Todd is better, apparently, at getting ratings than David Gregory. So that's like a triple A'er uh, up against a double A'er in minor league baseball talk. And as Mark Finkelstein points out at MRC... Why wouldn't President Trump listen to Prince Charles or Al Gore when it comes to slapping taxes on carbon? It would only cost untold trillions of dollars globally, hobble economies, hurt the poorest countries and people, and do little, if anything, to affect climate change. But on CNN this morning, Alison Camerata, commenting on a protracted sit-down yesterday between Trump and Prince Charles, put it to David Gregory that the president doesn't seem to have been moved much by Prince Charles' passionate Entreaty. Imagine having to listen to Prince Charles bloviate ad nauseum about climate change. Any change of swapping, for that matter. Let's hear them say it themselves. Cut six, go. David, your thoughts on where the, how the president doesn't seem to have moved much, uh, been moved much by right. Prince Charles's passionate entreaty. Right. They apparently met for much longer than they were scheduled to, so the president uh, could listen to Prince Charles on the issue of climate change. Look, the president just continues. He has now for years, whether it was Al Gore or his children or others who are pleading the case for what he can do as president of the United States to advance this and not set back um, effective 
uh, responses to climate change, he continues to be dug in to disregard and ignore what is scientific consensus around uh, what major countries like the United States should be doing in a leadership role to combat climate change uh, around the globe. The globe is not going to uh, uh, stand by and do nothing uh, around the world, but without the United States... Now stop there. That, I don't even That's so incoherent. He's rambling. But you know where he's going. Go ahead. So I think, you know, we're in a complete standstill here. The president doesn't appear to be um, uh, showing much movement, despite consensus, not only in the scientific community, but among corporate leaders, that there has to be a price on carbon. Consensus, ladies and gentlemen. This is the hard left agenda that was imported into the, this country by the Marxist left in Europe, the degrowth, deindustrialization movement. And these clowns give voice to it. There's a consensus, they say. Now, you need to go around CNN and do your own research. And you can find it all over the Internet, legitimate sources. I'll give you a little bit of it when we return. Mark Lovin. Folks, many of our nation's oldest colleges were founded to teach students to seek truth, recognize what's beautiful, and hold up what is good. But sadly, many have lost their way. Locked in the grip of political correctness, they no longer allow free and open discourse and instead peddle their moral and cultural relativism. Thankfully, there's Hillsdale College. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission, to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety. And as Hillsdale enters its 175th year, their goal is simple and yet profound. To help students understand what is noblest and best in yourself and the world. Hillsdale College's liberal arts education and vibrant campus community helps students form a foundation for the rest of their lives. A truly life-defining experience. So if you're looking for a college that prizes learning and values intellectual enthusiasm, where everyone shares a strong sense of meaning and purpose, welcome to Hillsdale College. Please visit hillsdale.edu slash admissions to plan a visit and learn more. That's hillsdale.edu slash admissions. You know, if the modern mass media wants to participate in politics, I don't mean report the news, but actually take sides and take side with the Democrat Party consistently and relentlessly, well, then it's part of the political Landscape. And you've seen this. And I just got this. You're not going to see it anywhere else. So I want to hit it quickly. Hardcover sales. Almost 170,000 hardcover sales in two weeks. Over 25,000 ebook sales in two weeks. Numbers are still trickling in. Over 26,000 audio sales, CDs and e-audio. So well over 200,000 units, hardcover, ebooks, audio of unfreedom of the press have been sold in two weeks. And nobody else is going to tell you that. They're like, shh, don't, shh, don't, don't pretend to go, leave it alone. Don't say anything. Now, every now and then there's a, you know, an outlier who will jump in. You know that, Levin, and so we will address them. But isn't it amazing? Without 60 Minutes, without a single network television show, 
without the vast majority of the Internet, without some of the biggest talkers in conservative and other radio, you did this. Our friends at Fox, here behind the microphone, we've had friends uh, on the Internet, websites, a few newspapers, and here and there, they know who they are. My affiliates have been outstanding. Absolutely terrific. And those who've been involved, you know who you are, and we want to thank you. But that's an enormous number in this day and time. I don't have anything about lesbians in my book. There's nothing trashy in the book. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not going after the president in the book. None of that stuff. This is a substantive book about a substantive problem. I will be on Fox on Hannity's show at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time tonight. Right after the radio show. So I expect we'll have a great deal of fun there. Uh, We always do. Uh, And uh, let's see here. My call screen isn't up, Mr. Producer. Do we have a good caller, liberal or conservative there? Mike in Canada on the Mark Levin app. Go. Here I am. How are you? I'm good. There you are. Go right ahead. Okay, I uh, just want to make this quick, because I know Stephen Crowder's coming on. And uh, All right, slow down. We have news at the top, and then we have a segment, and then my buddy Crowder comes on. But everybody should listen, because he has a lot to say. Go ahead. Okay, um, uh, just um, two quick points. Um, I believe that Donald Trump has checkmated the mainstream media, and it's something I believed two years ago. Um, and I consider what's happening right now is an actual modern-day David versus Goliath story. And uh, I think the only way for the mainstream media to actually get out of this problem is to simply admit that they screwed up. Oh, and not going to happen. Okay. But we can all dream, but that's not happening. Okay. Am I, Mark, am I talking to you in private or is this on? No, we're on the air. I don't Why would I talk to you in private? Okay. Okay. My bad. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. You're doing it. You're doing a great job. Don't be nervous. Okay. Thank you. You sound great. Um, Thank you. Thank you, Mark. Um, I also bought your book uh, on Freedom of the Press. I got it from Amazon.ca because I'm Canadian. And yeah. I, have, I haven't read it yet. I will read it, and I will hopefully call you back and let you know honestly how I feel about it. I want you to. I will definitely do that, Mark. Um, All right. And the last thing, oh, I'll make this very quick. Um, what did I, well, I wrote down these points. Uh, where is it? Oh, shoot. I, oh, I know what it is. Yes, sir. I went to my uh, lo- local bookstore. Yes. And I, I, I actually was hoping I wanted to see. Is a is, is my book in Canadian? It is not. I'm it just kidding. You. And I, was I meant in English. I'm just kidding. Okay. Okay. Yes. <laughs> it yes. is. It is in Canadian English, or yeah. Um, unfortunately, all I saw was the Michael Wolf crap. I'm now. telling you now. Be aware that Michael Wolf crap is going to be pushed, push, push, push. I'm aware of it. Uh, all the uh, dead enders and the. Uh, and the rest, they're desperate, they're desperate, so they want that book, even though it's full of crap. Thank you for your call, my friend. Call again. We'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, in the bowels of a hidden bunker somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. 
Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. I see today Xi and Putin have been meeting, and they say that their relationship is closer than ever. It's an extraordinarily dangerous time for the United States. China is on the move. Russia's on the move. China's a greater problem because of its uh, population and its resources, the second largest economy in the world. Now, it's not close to ours yet, but the Democrats are doing everything they can to destroy our economy. And that's kind of what I wanted to get at, which is this. China, of course, is a brutal, barbarian regime. It's a communist regime. It slaughters people. It tortures people. It has massive gulags. And what they don't tolerate is dissent. Dissent is crucial in a republic. We not only tolerate it, we celebrate it. But it also opens up opportunities in a free country for people to take advantage of that freedom in order to destroy it. I'm here to tell you, and I don't care how many websites repeat what I say and try and mock this, that the modern Democrat Party does not stand for Americanism. It stands for the progressive ideology. The progressive ideology was imported into the United States. It wasn't born of the United States. It's an alien ideology. It's an ideology that conflicts with our founding principles, with our declaration, with our constitution. It's the antithesis of freedom and limited government and divided government. The Democrat Party is this party that promotes alien ideologies, ideologies that conflict with our founding principles. This is why you don't hear their leaders, particularly their most popular leaders, talking about liberty or individualism or constitutionalism. They'll wave around the Constitution to try and persuade their base, among others, that they are defending our governing document against Donald Trump, but they're not defending it. They're destroying it, as the media are destroying freedom of the press. But the Democrat Party is a, is a very dark force in this country. It is undermining the civil society, both the civil part and the society part. It is devouring the civil society with government. It's smothering the civil society with government. And the civil society is made up of free individuals, mostly doing what they want to do. The Democrat Party, when you hear how they speak, is in many ways a party of soft tyranny. And it's getting worse. When somebody says health care for all, and what they really mean is, we're going to take your health care away from you and dictate what kind of health care you have. That's tyranny. It's tyranny. When somebody says 
the property you own is too much property, and therefore we're going to take a percentage of it. Even after you've paid income taxes at the federal and most state levels, property taxes, nuisance taxes, that's tyranny. There's no wealth tax in the Constitution. When people say we want to get rid of the Electoral College and replace it with the popular vote, in other words, mobocracy, not republicanism, Mobocracy. That's tyranny. When these very same people who claim to support the popular vote turn to the courts and the bureaucracy to sabotage a popular election where a president has won under our constitutional system fair and square, but they reject the outcome. That's tyranny. That's what that is. When that party, that same party, rejects national sovereignty, when that same party rejects the whole notion of American citizenship, of American greatness, of the greatness of the American culture, and believes the American culture and American society is no better than that in Guatemala and Honduras and Bolivia, that's tyranny. And as I say, when they believe in open borders, when they want people to flood into the country with the hope that the next generation will vote overwhelmingly Democrat, and they hell with the country, they hell with the country's resources, they hell with American citizens and their children, they hell with law enforcement and the health system and all the rest of it that's overwhelmed our educational system, that's tyranny. So the Democrat Party is a huge problem in this country. And it's marriage with the media and vice versa. It's not a party that promotes America's founding principles. Well, Mark, America's founding principles included slavery. And isn't it interesting? The people who tell us this are almost always Democrats. We know our history. We know it included slavery. We also know it included the Civil War. But most of the people who say these things are Democrats. And it was their party, certainly during the Civil War, that defended slavery. Their party. It was their party that that defended separate but equal. All the way up to the 1960s. That was their party. Was it my party? Was it your party? The Democrat Party has created a lot of hell in this country. And it still is. The Democrat Party, for most of its existence, has not stood for liberty. As I say, at one point it stood for slavery. At one point it stood for segregation. Jim Crow. And what's it stand for today? Oh, civil rights, Mark. No, actually, civil rights... They were behind the curve there, too. Whether it was 1868 and the Civil Rights Act, which they opposed, or whether it was 19, 
1960, the Civil Rights Acts proposed by Dwight Eisenhower, or even the 64 and 65 Acts, where a much larger percentage of Republicans voted for those than the Democrats. And now today, democratic socialism. That's oxymoronic. That's oxymoronic. That's like saying dry fish. There is no democratic in socialism. There's the iron fist. There's the iron fist. So I thought we'd just take a few minutes, look at the Democrat Party, what we're up against. And now they want to impeach a duly elected president. That's their focus. If they can get enough Americans to agree with them and drive down the president's popularity ratings, they want to conduct their coup. That's tyranny, too. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Stephen Crowder is a friend of mine. He's also a tremendous talent, a solid conservative, very, very entertaining. Reminds me in some ways, I don't know that he'll like this, some of the older comics when I was growing up who really were on the cutting edge, who really knew how to uh, to define an issue with humor and smarts. Stephen Crowder, I'm not going to ask you how you're doing because you must be chewing on nails right now. Um, <laughs> well, but t- no, tell the American people what's being done to you right now. Well, I, I really appreciate it. Honestly, it's, it's not as bad of a day as people think, and in large part because, you know, you and I are in a network together, and, and uh, of course, we have these shows up at The Blaze. And um, YouTube, effectively, people know YouTube is the biggest video, uh, video streaming, video de- sort of delivery mechanisms on the Internet. And um, I've been there for a long time, was the first conservative there, the number one conservative channel in the history of YouTube. I'm very grateful for that. We have a huge fan base, you know, over 4 million people who tune in to every show. And uh, what happened is someone at Vox, which is a big entertainment company. VOX, VOX, Vox. Yes, yes, we have to get that clear as opposed to, yeah, otherwise people will get mad and say, well, why are you having a leftist on? No, no, Vox, V-O-X, it's the opposite of Fox News. They couldn't be worse. They're actually self-described Marxists. Um, Well, they got really upset that me, you know, not a company worth a billion dollars, but just me with my individual channel was doing better than a lot of their videos. And I was issuing rebuttals to their videos with facts, sources. They got really upset and uh, have been lobbying YouTube actively to get me banned all week. Uh, in other words, they're not saying, like, hey, we don't like his ideas. Let's refute his ideas. They've been invited on the show. They wanted to get me actively banned from YouTube. Not just that, everyone who's conservative. They've been very clear about that. Vox, which, again, purchased by NBC Universal, a billion-dollar company, wants everyone who's conservative to be banned from YouTube. And I, I need to be clear here, Mark, because people say, well, doesn't that sound extreme? They, they, they've never said that. No, they haven't. But let me give you an idea of what they think is bannable on YouTube. If you misgender somebody. So what does that mean? If you call somebody by their biological gender, in other words, a man who was born a man, if you say he, they think that's a bannable offense. So I want to be clear so people understand, this is not hyperbole, it's been going on, it's been trending all over social media. Long story short, YouTube could not find us in violation of any policy, so they said, we're not going to kick him off, but the good news is we're just going to make sure that he can't make a living here anymore. And we're not going to allow him to advertise on his videos. 
And uh, that's where we were. YouTube has been remarkably inconsistent. They don't apply the law equally. And they want the protections of being a public platform, you know, like being a public utility as opposed to a private publisher. So I don't think they really expected the backlash they've been getting. I mean, it's the number one trend right now is people who are really, really mad at Vox and YouTube. And it'll be interesting to see what happens because this is kind of the new frontier, right? It's, it's online. It's, it's well, let, let me ask you this. If people in yeah. my audience sure. want to voice their, their, uh, their, their disagreement with what they've done to you, where do they go? So you can just go to louderwithcrowder.com slash mug club is the show, and, and that's where they join up at the Blaze, so they get access to not only my show, but your show and all the content. And i got to say, the outpouring of support has been incredible. So, yeah, it's louderwithcrowder.com slash mug club. You get a hand-dashed mug, and it's, it's really just a way to... Right, let me slow down one second. Rich, make sure they're up on my social sites. All right, we're, we're, we're going to pile in here. We're going to give you some air cover. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Well, great. I, I appreciate it. And if he doesn't, just be sure to place him in a burlap bag and read <laughs> yeah. with reeds. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, you know, it's, it's amazing, honestly, how, how uh, I don't think they understood the backlash that was coming. Here's, here's the thing. These people are complaining from these leftist outlets. People need to understand this. They said YouTube should be a, quote, queer space. Um, well, queer LGBTQ, this is their words, right? Which, by the way, they accuse me of homophobic hate speech for using the word queer, which they use in their press release. Uh, that's 2% of the population. YouTube was designed to be a space for everyone. Well, half the country is conservative. And if you account for people who aren't even conservative, but at the very least don't believe that conservatives should be banned or violently assaulted, you're looking at at least 70, 80 percent. This guy at Vox, again, a powerful billion-dollar company, has openly advocated for throwing milkshakes, committing battery against conservatives. On his profile... All right, so this is the guy guy who's been really targeting you... Uh, with YouTube, and he's been openly doing what? He's been openly advocating to humiliate people he disagrees with. You know, you've seen in the UK, they throw milkshakes on people. He's been saying, that's what we should do. We should throw milkshakes on people. He calls Tucker Carlson a white supremacist and thinks he should be pulled off of the air. This is what, the guy worked at Media Matters, specifically because he said he wanted to, to take out Fox News. This is a concerted effort from leftist media companies online because they're losing their grip. They're losing their stranglehold. They have $200 million in investment money from one of the biggest media companies ever, NBC Universal, and they can't compete with effectively what was me, a guy with a camera in a den. That's what drives them absolutely nuts. If people disagree with my point of view, well, that's fine. But you need to be honest about it. And that's the problem with YouTube, too. They want their cake and they want to eat it, too. They want to be able to say we're a public platform. Uh, we, we are not a publisher. All voices are welcome. But then they want to be able to, to, to throttle people and remove their ability to be in the platform. All we want is some honesty and to understand the rule book. So it'll be really interesting to understand, Mark, how this shakes out, because it's not just about conservatives now. They've really woken up sleeping giant. All the liberals on YouTube. So, so let me just make it. So they're really targeting through you. They're targeting really all conservatives or most conservatives. Is that correct? Yes, not only all conservatives, but anyone who tells offensive jokes. That's the thing. If we said, well, hold on a second. How are we violating guidelines? They've said you're not. We have this. They've said you're not violating Offensive jokes? Jokes, yeah, offensive jokes, yes. So guys like Lenny Bruce would not have been able to go on YouTube? I mean, I can name a, 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 a hundred tremendous comedians yeah. in the past and yeah. present who would not be able to go on YouTube. Right. No, that, exactly right. By the way. It's not, we're not talking about dirty jokes. We're talking about offensive jokes. So jokes that might offend somebody. It's not a dirty show. Our show is actually FCC compliant just because 
we don't want a bunch of kids watching our stuff and you know, repeating a bunch of profanity, so we even bleep it if it makes it through air. So not dirty jokes, offensive jokes. Do you know what they listed as an offensive racist epithet, Mark? Uh-oh, what? Mexican. Oh, really? Yes. The word what are you supposed to say, Latinx? Yes, exactly. They literally read this up in the Washington Post, New York Times. They said, Stephen used these nasty pejoratives like gay, queer, and Mexican. Hold on a second. It's in the LGBTQ. What do we say for Mexican? What are we supposed to say? They listed that alongside words that we agree people shouldn't use for, you know, something like the N-word. Of course, you and I agree there's common human decency, but you can't say Mexican? So this is the issue here. Right now, we're, we're entering a new age of media, at least with radio, television. You guys know what you can and cannot say. You, know, you have the FCC. Now, everyone is the FCC. Everyone who feels as though they've been, uh, they've been offended can now lobby to get something removed, and we're just trying to figure out the rule book, and it's really got a slant. Well, is there a rule book? No, YouTube actually today, we've been on the phone with their top brass, and they gave us three different answers today, none of which were consistent, and then they publicly tweeted out a different answer as to why our channel was. So, so they can't even get on the same page themselves. Um, so we don't have an answer. And the answer they gave my official legal counsel was verifiably incorrect. And again, our thing is we've said, listen, YouTube, if you just say you don't want conservatives, that's fine. Say you don't want conservatives. Say you don't want anyone who disagrees with the Silicon Valley crowd. But you need to openly say that. What you cannot do is court our business. In other words, make tens of millions of dollars off the So what are you going to do now? Well, right now we're waiting for answers. And uh, if we don't get them, the next step is uh, I'm pretty sure people can guess. They have a half-Asian lawyer named Bill Richmond, and he's unhappy. He's been... (laughs) He's been working with YouTube for a long time. Keep in mind, he's met Susan Wojcicki, the CEO of YouTube. We've had right. summits with YouTube. All right, Stephen Crowder. You keep us updated. We're going we're gonna, to uh, link to what the uh, site that you mentioned. We're going to join forces. We're going to expose YouTube. And I want to thank you very, very much. Take care of yourself. Thank you. God, sir. Bless. God bless. All right, so you're going to... With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones, and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickhouseLevin.com, that's BrickhouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. The Mark Levin Show, live and national. At 877-381-3811.
You know, this is one of the reasons, one of the big reasons we created Levin TV and then the broader network, Blaze TV Network, uh, because we don't have these problems with uh, free speech. And you can choose to watch or not watch. You can choose to subscribe or not subscribe. It is the the truest form of uh, freedom of the press and freedom of speech. So I want you to encourage you to go over there and uh, to join us. You'll still see Crowder there, that's for sure. And if you use code free speech, you'll get $30 off today. Free speech. Um, And so you can go on my social sites. You can see where to connect up. And then if you use the code free speech, because that's what we're all about, you'll get $30 off right off the top. So that's how we're going to combat YouTube and the uh, modern mass media. We're going to continue to promote Levin TV, the Blaze TV network. And, uh, and, and those links are up there, right, Mr. Producer? So go to Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter. Use the link. When they ask you to put a code in, put in free speech. Okay? We just decided to do that. I just decided to do that for this magnificent office, so, uh, uh, audience. So promo code free speech. Use the link that I set up <clears throat> and uh, Mr. Producer put up on uh, Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter. Use promo code free speech. You'll get $30 off, and you'll get to watch Steve Crowder and Eric Bowling and so many other great hosts, Glenn Beck, and especially me, you Levinites out there. Uh, in about a month, maybe six weeks from now, we're going to be doing my Levin TV show somewhat differently. Uh, and we're going to do it somewhat differently, not about content or anything like that. I'm saying something differently, uh, which I think you're going to find extremely exciting. Because I'm very excited about it. I don't get excited about a hell of a lot, but I'm very excited about this. And uh, we're always thinking on Levin TV how to better present information to you, how to make it more entertaining and keep it substantive. We have a great idea. But again, we're going to have to wait five, six, seven weeks. I'm not doing it to be cute. It's just that we're working on it. So I hope you'll join us over there. But as of tonight, right now, for those of you on the West Coast, this evening, right now, uh, please go to Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter. Use that link, and in the promo code, put free speech, and you'll immediately get $30 off the subscription. And by the way, it makes a great Father's Day gift. Can you imagine you have a patriotic father, a patriotic husband, or a favorite uncle, or a patriotic grandfather, and you say, I got two gifts for you. What's that? Unfreedom of the press, holy mackerel, and Levin TV. And the broader Blaze TV network with Crowder and Bowling and Beck and everybody else we have. Can you imagine? that? That's a great gift. And it's so affordable. On Amazon.com right now, the book is 40% off, $16.80. And we're giving you $30 off right now on Levin TV and the broader network, Blaze TV. That's pretty damn good. 30% off, let's see. That's a 30% cut. Yeah, I figured that out. Uh, so uh, is it 30% or $30? It's really the same thing. It's an annual subscription of $99. 
So it's 30% off or $30 off, same thing, pretty much. Let's see. Well, let's take this one on. I'm ready. First, let me do a commercial, right, Mr. Producer? And this is a very great sponsor. It's a good, good, good sponsor. What if you could add up to $1,000 back to your monthly budget? I'm sure your first thought is, well, that sounds too good to be true. But if you're a homeowner, it's not. Think of it this way. If you're paying down a home loan and your rate is higher than today's rates, you're overpaying your mortgage. Take your money back with the help from American financing. Mortgage rates are still at historic lows. So now is the time to save. Their quick home refinancing process can help you access cash, consolidate debt, even help you spend less on interest. American Financing makes it a very simple process, guiding you through options and creating a unique solution just for you. Pre-qualifying 10 minutes, closing as fast as 10 days. Call American Financing salary-based mortgage consultants today. There's no commission, no obligation, no pressure, no upfront fees, just a custom loan for your needs. Take advantage of a free mortgage review today. A free mortgage review today. Get started right now by calling 888-900-1828. 888-900-1828. Or go to AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Mm-mm-mm. And by the way, once you do that, you're going to feel great. You're going to know you saved a lot of money. Then you're going to think to yourself, you know what? I need to take a rest. A recent study shows Americans are sleeping less than ever, even though lack of sleep ruins your performance and impacts your relationships. Now, I wouldn't know that because I have Bolin Brand sheets. So it's time to improve every aspect of your life by getting the best sleep of your life on a brand new set of Bolin Brand sheets, the softest, most comfortable, 100% pure organic cotton sheets in the world. Hundreds of thousands of Americans sleep better thanks to Bolin Branch, including me. And they're the only sheets loved by three U.S. presidents. All their products, from the signature soft sheets to the cozy throw blankets to their plush towels, are made the right way, not the easy way. These are naturally derived products made with the highest level of craftsmanship. No cutting corners. And every purchase, listen, every purchase comes with a 30-day risk-free trial. Get 50 bucks off your first set of sheets plus free shipping at BolinBranch.com with promo code MARK. That's the key. That's B-O-L-L and Branch.com, promo code MARK for $50 off. BolinBranch.com, promo code MARK. Another great Father's Day gift, by the way. All right. Let's hope this doesn't drag us into the gutter. Bill, Clark, New Jersey, the great WABC. Go. Hey, Mark. How are you? Okay. Hey, first, before we get started, I uh, I haven't called you in a while. I just want to just express my condolences about your dad. Um, I haven't spoken well, to you since, but I just wanted to start there. Well, and thank you. And, and let me tell you, my mom, too, she deserves my attention as well. She was magnificent. Anyway, Bill, you go ahead. Yeah, thank no, you. No, we, we, we can disagree about things, but let's be human beings. Right. Um, I don't want to shift gears on you. Can I just say one thing about your last caller before I get to what I call the call screener about? Why don't you get um, to your call before you run out of time? 
Okay, real quick then. Um, I know uh, you you were mentioning before a break that you were concerned about the the ethics of the Democratic Party and you know undermining. Uh, no, 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 not history. the ethics, the history. It has right. a horrific history. Now that doesn't mean everything about it is horrific, but there's no denying it as a horrific history. Go right ahead. Absolutely. No, but my my whole point is, look, if you're concerned about some of the ethics and what's going on with the Democratic Party and how they're undermining... I didn't say ethics. Ethics is an understatement. Slavery isn't a matter of ethics. It's an abomination. Segregation isn't a matter of ethics. It's an abomination. Jim Crow. um, And if you look at the Democrat Party today, it really is embracing the likes of Tlaib and Omar... And Ellison, it's got an attachment to Farrakhan. I mean, these are serious matters. These aren't just matters of mere ethics. These are serious matters. They're, they're, they're abominations, as far as I'm concerned. And I agree with you. But I also think we have a president right now that has undermined some of the institutions that our founding fathers put into place. He called into question the legitimacy of the election in 2016 if he lost. He's undermined whoa, 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 Hold on. He called in the the question the legitimacy of the 2016 election if he lost. We've spent two and a half years on this. It's been the Democrat Party, the Democrat Party media uh, that has undermined his candidacy, undermined his presidency, and has been calling into question his legitimacy from day one. But you're going to compare that to slavery? Well, you know what? This is a president. You're going to talk about undermining a presidency. This is a guy who started his whole presidential ex- exploration based on questioning if Barack Obama was a U.S. citizen. Oh, who cares? For God's sakes. Who cares? And Barack Obama's best friend was an anti-Semite racist who stood at the pulpit trashing America for 20 years, married Ob- the Obamas baptize his children, and I'm supposed to be worried about whether Donald Trump brought up a birther issue. Isn't this ridiculous? And you're going to compare that to slavery, too? And address it. Was Barack Obama a U.S. citizen? I've always said he was. You listen to this program. But who cares? In the scheme of things, who cares? I don't. Well, don't worry about anybody questioning the legitimacy of Donald Trump's election. If you can't, if, if well, we of, know the, that he was legitimately elected. What are you talking about? He, he, when he was asked point blank if he would accept the results of the 2016, sir, election. sir, sir, you're, you're you're dealing with if he said and when he said and if this happened, and you're bringing it up in the context. You call me and say my comments about the Democrat Party. Now, what about Donald Trump bringing up birthers? I'm thinking, excuse me, excuse me. You're going to compare that? Well, let me ask you a question. What do you think about John Kennedy unleashing the IRS on news publications? I, look, Mark. It, now, it, pay it, attention. I'm educating you. What do you think about J. Edgar Hoover and Robert Kennedy and John Kennedy putting wiretaps on Martin Luther King's home phone, his hotels, having FBI agents follow him? What do you think of that? You still you know think what, Trump what? is undermining the presidency? Let me ask you another question. What do you think about old man Joe Sr.? Who was involved in undermining the elections in Cook County? Let me ask you another question. How about Lyndon Johnson, who got elected to the Senate under questionable terms? I can go through this. You want to go through it? Let's go through it. 
This president hasn't done any of those things. None of them. Is that what we're going to do? We're going to go. We're going to have no problem. Let's do it, brother. You call here. You call here. And I talk about the Democrat Party and what it's done to this country. And the best you can do is to trash Trump with birtherism. You realize how stupid that is? Mark, do you understand how stupid you sound? Yeah, yeah, right. Mark, you I compare guess. slavery to what the president said about birtherism. Trust me, pal. 99.9% of this audience, they think you sound very, very stupid. All right, Bill, you take care of yourself. Go enjoy yourself. Talk to your own kind, leftists. Convince yourselves that this is the worst president in American history. He's done the worst things in American history. While your party was on the wrong side of the Civil War. While your party was on the wrong side of integration. While your party was blocking little black kids from going to school with little white kids. And now, while your party refuses to reject the anti-Semite growing poison within its ranks. And I got to hear you talk about, well, what about Donald Trump when he brought up birtherism? Are you serious? That's like having cancer versus an ingrown toenail. I'll be right back. Lovin. Here's something interesting. Studies show that security systems deter burglars. It's a fact. But there's still a burglary every eight seconds in America. Every eight seconds, burglars just find a house that isn't protected. So that's why securing your home, and more importantly, your family, is truly a necessity. So let me recommend this brilliant security system made by my friends at Simply Safe. Simply Safe believes fear has no place in a place like home. So they made their system ridiculously smart. Simply Safe sensors will protect every point of access to your home. If a burglar even tries to break in, an ear-shattering siren will let them know the police are already on the way. Best of all, Simply Safe's 24/7 monitoring is just 14.99 a month. And they'll never lock you in a long-term contract. More than 3 million people already know it feels good to fear less was simply safe and that includes us so go with the only home security i trust get free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee today at simplysafemark.com that's simplysafemark.com for the home security i trust simplysafemark.com i want to elaborate on the tariff issue that the president's going to place a five percent tariff on mexican goods coming into the united states NBC and Mediate flat out lied and said that the president came up with that plan as a result of something I said. I never said anything. In fact, after that was announced, immediately after, I I didn't say anything in the next show. But then I pointed out that NBC and Mediate lied. They never issued a correction, let alone an apology. But I want to talk to my uh, free market friends a second. I'm a free marketeer. But I don't believe that a country like China is part of the commerce and trade process. They're the enemy. 
they're stealing our technology to use in their military weaponry. I do not believe we should sell them the noose to hang ourselves, as Lyndon once said. And as a matter of fact, we've had export controls on top-level technologies and so forth for decades since the time I worked in the Reagan administration and before. Because all presidents of every party and every ideology have recognized, at least to some extent, that there are certain things that our enemies and adversaries must not have. There's not a president who's ever been elected who would disagree with that. And there's not a free market economist that I know who would disagree with that. You have to have some level of patriotism for the security of your own country. I'm not talking about protectionism or anything of the sort. That is a national security issue. When Mexico refuses to stop illegal aliens coming into this country from Central America and all but waves them through. And you can see with your own two eyes, there's been a lot of great coverage now on the southern border, especially by Fox. And no longer do they talk about a manufactured crisis in the media and on the left. It is a real crisis. It's not only a crisis for those who are coming here, but more importantly, it's a crisis for this country. The level of lawlessness and anarchy, I don't believe, has ever been seen in American history. And we can't handle it. And the Mexican government in this respect is not our ally. It's our adversary, if not our enemy. You're the commander-in-chief. You're the president of the United States. You've done everything you can. You have a Democrat Party Congress and a Democrat Party that I've talked about before. Party first, country second. That has dragged this country in a number of bad directions. It's no longer about commerce and trade and free markets. It's about securing the country. I'm not talking about protecting industries and subsidize. I'm talking about protecting the country. And a 5% tariff that builds on a monthly basis in order to convince the regime, the socialist regime in Mexico City to cut it out is fine by me. It's fine by me. It doesn't alter any of my viewpoints when it comes to free markets and philosophy. It's just that national security comes first. And no, it's not you can dump everything into the national security bucket. We see exactly what's going on on that southern border. It's a national security issue. I'll be back. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 
833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLEVIN.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811, with the uh, anniversary of D-Day, 75th anniversary, coming tomorrow. There's been a lot of talk, at least on Fox and this program and a few others, about World War II. And uh, the other day we talked about the Battle of Midway Island, largely an air battle carried out at sea, a decisive battle uh, where the United States had a crushing victory against the Japanese. And I've been thinking about this and thinking about D-Day. And Let me tell you, the news coverage during World War II of the Holocaust was so bad that Dwight Eisenhower was concerned that as the war ended, the American people wouldn't know the extent of the German savagery. He knew that it was not adequately covered by the press, including the New York Times and the Washington Post. But the American press. And he was concerned, was Eisenhower, that this would be lost to history because of the lack of coverage Eisenhower had Patton and Bradley among other generals and the media join him as he went to one of the concentration camps and walk through that camp to see the emaciated human beings that were standing there some of them 65, 70, 75 pounds men and women adults and the stench as the Nazis were trying to slaughter as many Jews as they could before the end of the war even though they knew the end was coming these tough men literally brought the tears they could not believe what they had seen Eisenhower was furious with the evil that had taken place and he'd seen everything so at Patton so at Bradley but they made those cameras those media cameras go through those camps to show them what took place. 
what had been going on, how evil that regime was. As I as I watched some of the coverage on the uh, on the events that ultimately led to the defeat of the Third Reich. That's how bad the media coverage was. It's a sin, absolute sin. I want to move to another subject. There is a strange marriage between some of the, I don't know what to call them, between the hard left and sort of the populist right, I guess I would call it, that believes that central government interference in the economy will somehow save American jobs. Now, they will condemn on the right, on the populist right, really all forms of government in many respects. They'll tell you the government's how to control their right. The government spends too much, they're right. The government won't control the border, they're right. These are things the government is supposed to address in a way that, uh, that is sensible. They will complain about the politicians in the government, Democrats and Republicans. They're right. They'll complain about the tyranny of a judicial oligarchy. They're right. They will complain about government taxes. They will complain about government regulations. They're right. But somehow when it comes to managing the economy, they think this very same government will do a great job in protecting American jobs. How so? Who? The leftists, like Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders, they're going to do a good job? How are they going to protect American jobs? The issue is creating American jobs. How do you create more jobs, more good jobs, more important jobs, more relevant jobs? You look at these socialist regimes, to the extent they create jobs at all, these are government jobs. People dig holes, they fill in holes. People sweep streets, people throw trash in streets. That's not how you create growth, and growth ultimately is how you create great jobs. And so it really is time that people who keep talking about government protecting American jobs explain exactly what they mean. I want to create great American jobs. And you do that by embracing capitalism. Yes, some companies go overseas, but obviously they all don't. Or we wouldn't have 97.8% employment in this country. You heard me right. Or we wouldn't have 97.8% employment in this country. And the other thing that's so bizarre is government interference at any price. What if it drives up the cost of an automobile by $5,000? Is that okay by you? Or doubles the cost of clothing? Or triples the cost of food? Or whatever it is. Where do they draw the line in terms of these jobs that they're protecting when in fact they're destroying jobs? They're destroying the economy. They're driving up costs. They're creating shortages. They're rationing. They're no smarter 
than Maduro or Chavez or Castro or any of the rest of them. And yet they wrap themselves in the American flag, but that's not the American flag. I'm for good paying American jobs too. But the way you create good paying American jobs is through capitalism. The way you bring prices down so most people can eat and subsist, and most people do much better, is through capitalism. These very same people seem to attack technology. Well, where would they have us draw the line? See, this is the progressive mindset. Where are we to draw the line? And what if our ancestors drew lines like this? We certainly wouldn't be energy independent, would we? Where would we draw the line? At the wagon train? Oh, come on, Mark. Okay. At the automobile? At the plane? Where would we draw the line? What if they drew the line? Who draws the line? How do we know what line to draw? And who enforces it? These are important questions that are never asked and never answered. I tell people all the time that the key difference between constitutional conservatives and the rest is liberty. Now, liberty, ordered moral liberty in a civil society. But if it comes down to one word, I'm not talking about excess and all the rest. I'm saying it's a word that isn't used enough. It's a word that's rarely used in the media, and it's rarely used by politicians because they're not about liberty. Any thug, any mobster can try and control the economy for a lot of reasons and a lot of arguments. We want pay equality. There's too much technology. I want to save American jobs. I want to do the the way you save and create American jobs is by creating an environment that does exactly that. People never ask, well, why are companies going overseas? Why aren't more companies coming into the United States? You know, we could be the country where everybody wants to put their money, where multinational businesses want to come to the United States. We can do that, and there's a lot of ways to do it. But we don't. That said... A lot of companies are locating in the United States. A lot of investments are being made in the United States. We're not a pauper nation, despite what some people would have you believe. We have a big, vibrant middle class, despite what some people would have you believe. We have a growing economy. We have very low unemployment. We have a a very significant safety net. There's a lot of problems with the government, debt, and so forth. But I'm not talking about that. Some people paint this country as if it's Zimbabwe. It's not Zimbabwe. It's the United States of America. Where the poor in the United States live better than most people live in the rest of the world. And have access to all kinds of technologies, medical advances and so forth. Where they don't in the rest of the world. So I don't understand this rejection of capitalism. It's not about Austrian economics. It's not about the Koch brothers. It's about Americans using their brains rather than a handful of elites. And this is the other thing, populism of the left or right. 
ultimately results in a relative handful of people telling us what populism is all about. We should do this. We should do that. This guy should do this. This guy should do that. Who should? You think we're going to have plebiscites all the time where all of you are going to get the vote on what this is? No. You're going to give government bureaucrats and politicians, and a smaller and smaller number of them, more and more power to decide your fate and their fate. Most of this is built on jealousy. People say, but free markets, you know. We haven't tried free markets in 150 years. And the free market is so horrible, it gave us the Industrial Revolution. And that was so horrible, it gave us electricity in our homes. Automobiles affordable by everybody. It gave us heat, air conditioning, dishwashers, refrigerators, dryers, toasters. Look around you. And who do you think makes most of this stuff? The Chinese? No. We do. Remember, for all the talk about the Chinese, and I'm no fan, so I don't have any problem with these, these crippling tariffs against China because they're the enemy. I told you for national security reasons, but the truth is the truth. All this talk about steel dumping in the United States by China, 5%. 5%. They're not a big steel producer. Anyway, don't abandon liberty. Don't abandon capitalism for the next fad. Some of it sounds so clever. I'm for the American worker. If you're truly for the American worker, you're for the American economic system. Because the American economic system has created what we call today the American worker, the broad middle class. That's why virtually anybody in the rest of the world would trade places with us. To the extent companies are leaving this country, it's because of our government. It's too big, it's too powerful. It's ubiquitous. It's random in its regulations. It is abusive in its enforcement of regulations. So maybe that's where we need to start if we want to grow and keep American jobs. Not by destroying our entire economic system because there must be some gurus somewhere who know how to run the economy. Trust me, there are no such gurus. None of them. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. It's like climate change. This whole issue of climate change has absolutely nothing to do with changing climate. Nothing. Nothing whatsoever. Man can't stop climate change. Man can't stop it. Man can't manage it. It's so ridiculous. Can't even manage the Department of Motor Vehicles. But we're going to manage the climate? Exactly who is going to manage the climate? Always comes down to the same thing, doesn't it? 
taxes, tax success, tax industry, tax jobs, tax automobiles, regulate and control, empower the government. We need to expand the EPA. We need to expand this department and that department and hire more people, transfer more wealth from the private sector and the people who earn it to the people who control them and dictate to them and bully. That's what it's all about. It's the dream of the left to undo capitalism. People in this country who work for a living in the private sector, who pay taxes, blue-collar, white-collar, no-collar, union, non-union, should be standing together on this. Because climate change is about making the vast majority of people, particularly in the middle class, poorer. 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 I'm using the Marxist lingo because there really is no other out there right now. We don't have classes in America. Economic classes, no such thing. But we call it the middle class. Why, I don't know, but there it is. Everybody wants to be part of this middle class. Not too poor, not too rich. Because it is, it is celebrated, the middle class. Now, if you break out of the middle class and you become extremely wealthy, that's not celebrated. Why, I don't know. That's the problem with classes and identifying people as part of groups. But it's not about climate change. The Green New Deal. That's not about a new deal. It's all about a massive centralized government. More massive than it is today. More debt ridden than it is today. More confiscatory than ever before. Interfering in your everyday life and interfering in big ways and small. That's what we're up against with the Democrat Party. I even hear some Republicans say, we go, you know, we got to admit climate change. They fall to political pressure. They fall to media pressure. Not to knowledge and reason and true scientific information. I'll be right back. to talk to Mark, we have two numbers for you to call. For regular Americans, call 877-381-3811. For liberals, call 877-381-3811. What is the cost of illegal immigration into this country to the border states and the border towns? The cost to law enforcement, the cost to hospitals, the medical costs. The cost to the school districts. The cost in these communities goes through the roof, right? What is the cost to our welfare system? When people coming into this country illegally acquire food stamps and other forms of government subsidies. What is the cost? What is the economic cost of people coming into this country illegally? who have nowhere to stay. It's enormous, isn't it? It's enormous. So when I see the Republicans are concerned about the cost of a 5% 
tariff on goods coming from Mexico. I understand that. I do. Because we the people pay for it no matter how much spin there is. But we pay for all of it. We pay for illegal immigration too. With our property taxes, our federal income taxes, state income taxes, should they exist? Quality of life? Job losses? We pay for all that. So to watch these Republicans in the Senate object when in fact they've had control of the Senate and we had control of the House and they did absolutely nothing to secure the border is really precious to me. It's appalling, quite frankly. Then they pretend they're the people who believe in the market system. How do they believe in the market system? They keep funding this massive, monstrous leviathan of a federal government, which has as its purpose to counter, to control, to eviscerate, to manage the market system. Mitch McConnell doesn't believe in a free market. The vast majority of Republicans in the Senate don't believe in a free market. They vote for subsidies. They vote for quotas. They vote for, for tax rebates. They vote for all kinds of stuff if you're in their district or in their state. They don't believe in free markets. Now, this isn't an argument for a tariff. But you have to look at each specific situation. We have a huge problem on the border. And because these Republicans and the Democrats won't secure the damn border, the president is trying to figure out something that he must do to try. And then they fall back on, on the free market, which I support. But how does the free market address a national security calamity on the southern border when these very same politicians, for the most part, won't authorize the kind of spending that's necessary to secure that border? They're hypocrites, every damn one of them. The president shouldn't even have to be thinking about tariffs in this regard. And but for them, he is. So you want to know who's responsible for a 5% tariff on Mexican goods at some point coming across the border? The Republicans in the Senate. They're responsible because they haven't done a damn thing to secure the border. Neither of the rhinos under Bush and all the rest of them. Then they sit there shooting their spitballs. They have no idea what to do. None. So the president trying to come up with creative ways to stop it. Oh, you know what? I don't support that. No, no, I really don't. Sugar subsidies? Yes. Other subsidies? Yes. Massive federal spending, which has as its purpose... To take resources out of the private sector? Yes, that they're for. Now here's something interesting. I think. Have you ever asked yourself, just how can I live a virtuous life? Our happiness and well-being depends on how we answer that question. Hillsdale College president, brilliant man, Larry Arn argues that the best book ever written on this subject is Aristotle's Nicomachean Ethics, where Aristotle presents a guide for securing such a virtuous life. In just 10 on-demand videos, each only 30 minutes long, you'll learn how to confront the primary obstacles to happiness, make the choices that build good character. 
Now, this new free online course from Hillsdale College shares Aristotle's teachings with you, and it can help you lead the most complete, happy life possible. Register for this free course, Introduction to Aristotle's Ethics, How to Lead a Good Life, featuring lessons from the greatest self-help book ever written at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. If you take this free course from Hillsdale and heed Aristotle's advice, your life will change for the better. And you can learn how to lead a good life, just as every Hillsdale College student does. And it's yours for free at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for hillsdale.com. Paul, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, on the Mark Levin app. Go! Go ahead, Paul. Go right ahead. Hey, I wanted to tell you, I I was in jail. I was in Huber for a few months at one point in my life. All right, slow down. You were in jail. What did you say? I was in Huber for a few months of my life, and that's when I started listening to your show. Hold on. I'm really ca- In what? Huber. H-U-B-E-R. Huber. Is that a jail system? Yes. It's, it's, a, it's a work release program where you're okay. in jail, but they let you go to work every single day. All right. I didn't know that. Okay. So I, I was there. I'm, I'm a felon. I, I was involved in a hit and run. When I was in jail, that's when I started listening to your show. Uh, when I first went there, I mean, up until that point, all I ever watched was MSN, NBC, and CNN. And I believe... So, wait, 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 wait. so in the jails, they're even MSNBC and CNN? Yes. Jeez. I mean, that, all right. That's what, that's what I watched. That's, to me, I thought it's the news. How can the news be wrong? Someone would call them out if they were wrong. And I just believed everything they said. This, is, this was when Trump was going through the, the election. And then someone told me to listen to your show. So I listened to it, and it really opened my eyes. Um, I would listen to your show the next day. I would watch the news, and I'm like, this is all lies. Mm-hmm. Like, everything they said, it, it, was, it was all exaggerated or lies or bias against Trump. And that's when I started listening. I now listen to your audio rewind, audio, audio rewind every single day at work. Well, it sounds like you've rehabilitated. It sounds like, um, well, let me ask you this question. How many other people would listen to my show in jail? Not a lot, I guess. Um, we tried turning a few people onto it. Some people just weren't, weren't very interested in politics. But mm-hmm. the people that would, they really enjoyed it. All right, Paul, I really appreciate it. And having the guts to call the program, very, very good. And I'm glad you're... Uh, you're out in society and, uh, and working and uh, contributing. That's, that's a good thing. Let us go to Joe, Columbus, New Jersey, the great WPHT. Go. Hey, Mark, I got to hand it to you. You bring something to the table every day. You're a national treasure. Thank you. I got one question. Yes, sir. How in a socialist, uh, in, in a world with social medicine, where is the incentive to come up with new cures, new vaccines, new medical treatments? There's none. In fact, the only, the only advancements that are made, uh, well, look at it this way. And I actually mentioned this, and I remember this in the first chapter of Liberty and Tyranny. Think of it even a little differently, Joe. Think of all the new medicines and technologies and life-saving devices and so forth there might actually be but for the extent of government interference taxation and regulation 
think of it that way. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's only going to get worse. And I just want to know, I want to see somebody speak get put to the fire on answering that question. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, outside of, you know, you, me, you know, the, 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 the Well, socialists beliefs. don't create anything. I can't think of any great thing that they've created in Venezuela, can you? No, no. But I can't even think of any great thing they invented in these Scandinavian countries. Can you? The, the picture we got to paint and back somebody into a corner, nobody's doing. And I think you hit on it in, in, in your, you know, your last segment when you talked about Republicans not wanting to fight the good fight. Mm-hmm. And it's a shame. It's a real shame. All right, my friend. I appreciate it. Don't forget, I will be on Hannity, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 6.30 p.m. Pacific time. Um, so that's just in about 45 minutes. Now, obviously, if somebody says 9.30 Eastern, everyone knows it's 6.30 Pacific, right? I, it's a joke for me because I remember years ago being in Secaucus, New Jersey at MSLSD. This is before they absolutely went ape crap. Yeah, it was actually a news outfit, or at least they were trying to make one. And Brian Williams was dumb as a rock even back then. He would say something like, it's 6.30 in New York, it's 3.30 in L.A., it's, uh, it's uh, what is it? It is 5.30 in Kansas. I'd say, what are you, an idiot? I th- Listen to this guy, it's 20 feet away, what are you, schmo? Just tell us the time in one place. So I do it in two places, really, as a way to mock him. Now you know. Carl, Norwood, New York, the great WQTK. Go. Well, good evening again, sir. Always a yes, pleasure. Sir. And There's Mark, our man, Carl. How are you, baby? Tonight, your patience, please, because several things converged on one Uh-oh. central point. Yes. And first are a couple of cliches, and we've used it. It was old before we were born, the tail wagging the dog. Well, to me, wide angle, it's now the fleas wagging the dog. Secondly, you've heard the remark, what insanity is, repeat the same error, expect better. No, no. With the media becoming part of the government and devoted and worshipping and minion to it, uh, Mm -hmm. treating anybody with contempt and expecting respect in return. Are they losing viewership? I think so. Are they Mm -hmm. losing subscribers? Yes, they are. And see, in 43, latter part of the year, uh, Marshal Arthur Harris, British Bomber Command, Sir Arthur Harris, he said to the press worldwide, Scripture, he said, they have sown the wind, they shall reap the whirlwind. Well, I think that it will be going downhill faster as people turn off to Maddow and Stelter and Lemon and all the others that want to destroy what we've built. Carl, always an exceptional call. You're always a gentleman, and I appreciate it. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, this Father's Day, give Dad a gift packed with the Omaha steaks he craves. This is unbelievable. Go to omahasteaks.com, enter code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, 
You enter it in the search bar, and you'll get 74%, 74% off the Father's Day Steak Fix gift package. Now, that's a $235 value now for only $59.99. Listen to what you get. Two tender filet mignons, two bold top sirloins, two savory pork chops. I'm not done. Four Omaha steak burgers, four massive gourmet jumbo franks. I'm not done. Four crispy chicken fried steaks, all beef meatballs, four premium chicken breasts. I'm not done. Four caramel apple tartlets for dessert, a packet of Omaha steak signature seasoning, and you'll get four extra Omaha steak burgers free. Now give this amazing package as a gift for dad or stock up yourself for an incredible summer grilling. All 74% off, but you need to order quickly. Like now. Order now. And you can get this exclusive Omaha Steaks Father's Day Steak Fix Package. Valued at $235, only $59.99. Here's what you do. Go to omahasteaks.com, omahasteaks.com, type code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N in the search bar, and you're off to the races. And I would strongly encourage you to do it. omahasteaks.com, type code LEVIN into the search bar. Man, oh, man, is that a great opportunity. We've got more wonderful Father's Day gifts here for you. I'm telling you. I need to give myself a new computer, Mr. Producer, because that damn thing shut down again. Tell me, the greatest caller on the list, who is it? Sirius Satellite in Texas. Tony, how are you, Tony? Hey, Mark, I'm doing great. Thanks for taking my call. And I it. have my copy of Unfreedom of the Press. Cannot wait to read it. Thank you. I think you're going to really like it. So here, here's what I want to say, Mark. So as I, as I listen to these mouthpieces for climate change, I, I can't help but think that deep down inside, they are really thankful that Trump is the president and he's so resistant. And here's why. Number one, it allows them to take a moral high ground without taking any action. They care, he doesn't, and they don't have to do it. Now, hold on. That is a great point. That is a great point that uh, really is, you'll find, throughout the left's agenda. They're not responsible for any of the consequences that come, but they can basically say anything that feels good. Well said. Go ahead. Yeah, number two, on the academic front, there's still a crisis, so it, it helps them raise money. And as long as Trump resists, they have a mechanism to raise funds. But the most important is number three, and that is these individuals do not have to take a personal inventory to make sacrifice. Instead of demonstrating how they're changing their life in, for the cause, they can simply blame Trump, which, again, it just they don't have to take any action, yet they appear to be the ones that care. Now, that's quite right. And it's even worse, actually, because I put in the first chapter of Ameritopia. They're always wrong because their projects, their experiments are not only impracticable, they're impossible. And so what is their answer when they fail? It's not to look at what they've said, look at their models, say, well, this doesn't work as a, as a, as a practical matter it's and moreover it's impossible it's a no 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 no. it just wasn't tried enough we need to do it longer and better or somebody else needs to run it and we need more money and we need more regulations and less competition so it is a self-promoting 
endless ideology because they're never wrong. That's like Obamacare. Obamacare has cost us, I just saw an article on this, almost $600 billion. And what has it given us? A disaster. Higher rates, uh, higher deductibles, less specialists, less choices. Some states, one choice. Some counties, no choice. I can go on and on and on. So what's the answer? To unravel that and to move towards a more competitive system? No. More government, more centralized system, single payer, and all the rest. That's right. So I just said with this, Mark, uh, when it comes to climate change, you know, my, my response is always until I see these individuals make personal sacrifice to me, they either don't. Well, care. sir, clearly Chuck Todd has. You know, he, he put out a, 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 a fiat the other month, and he said uh, climate, man-made climate change is a fact. We're not allowing deniers, whether they be physicists or, or meteorologists or climatologists on the program. And he's paid a price for it. Apparently, uh, his hair is affected by climate change because he looks like he's a three-year-old. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. I'll be on Hannity in 30 minutes. Please don't miss it. Go to Amazon.com. Please get your copy of Unfreedom of the Press or any place where the book is sold. Now's the time. See you tomorrow. Tomorrow.